You're listening to the Berkeley Technology Law Journal podcast. This is 5 Minutes in Tech Law. Here are some recent technology law headlines we thought you should know about. I'm Joseph Crone. And I'm Veronica Bognat. Today, we'll be covering Facebook's suit against NSO Group, changes in DNA collection practices of non-U.S. detainees, the launch of a CFIUS review of TikTok, and discrimination claims against Facebook. Last week, Facebook sued Israeli spyware manufacturer NSO Group over allegations that the company deployed malware to hack into the mobile phones of over 1,000 users and conduct surveillance. Allegations come after months of investigation into the cyber attack occurring from January 2018 to May of this year. A vulnerability allowed NSO to use fraudulent accounts to initiate a video call and then transmit malicious code after the phone rang, infecting the victim's phone with spyware, regardless of whether the victim answered the call. According to Bloomberg and the Washington Post, this past spring, NSO exploited the vulnerability to target attorneys, journalists, human rights activists, political dissidents, diplomats, and other members of civil society with the malicious code on WhatsApp. Facebook now seeks an injunction on the use of Facebook and WhatsApp against NSO Group. Facebook's argument that NSO's attack violated the U.S. Computer Fraud and Abuse Act is controversial because, firstly, it attempts to punish not hackers who breached a company's computers, but those who exploited its software to reach its users' computers. And secondly, Facebook will have to demonstrate unauthorized or illegal access to a company's systems, whereas the attacker targeted WhatsApp's users rather than its servers. According to Wired, Facebook's best argument is that, since NSO violated WhatsApp's terms of service prohibiting, quote, reverse engineering WhatsApp's code, harming its users, or sending malware via WhatsApp, unquote, NSO's use of the app was unauthorized. But in general, that argument is controversial, particularly in the Ninth Circuit, whose precedent excludes terms of service violations from its definition of unauthorized access. A second, more uncertain argument is that sending malicious data itself constituted unauthorized access because doing so bypassed WhatsApp's technical access restrictions. NSO's software's ostensible purpose of thwarting terrorism and crime has not stifled its misuse by bad actors. This is not the first time the alarm has sounded about misuse of spyware such as that of NSO. Facebook is not alone in accusing NSO of using malware. Human rights groups such as Amnesty International and Citizen Lab have alleged that NSO has sold such malware to oppressive regimes. On October 21st, the Department of Justice announced that it plans to expand the Attorney General's authority to collect DNA samples from non-United States nationals. Deputy Attorney General Jeffrey A. Rosen announced in a press release that, quote, the rule change would help to save lives and bring criminals to justice, end quote. The Department of Justice says the DNA Fingerprint Act of 2005 authorizes the Attorney General to collect these samples. The 2005 DNA Fingerprint Act was a bipartisan bill that repealed the prohibition on the Department of Justice's collection of DNA from detainees prior to indictment, and it allows the collected DNA profiles to be included in the National DNA Index System. This DNA Index is a DNA profile bank that law enforcement can use in criminal investigations. However, the Act has so far been used primarily in domestic criminal investigations and not to collect samples from immigrants crossing the U.S. border. The ACLU and other immigration activists argue that the DOJ's proposed rule is a mass surveillance tactic aimed at a vulnerable population, and that this policy would give the Department of Justice access to powerful private information that may be used to violate immigrants' fundamental civil liberties and privacy rights. However, 
the DOJ has reassured that individual traits and disorders gleaned from the collected DNA profiles will not be disclosed, and they stated that they will be using the genetic samples as fingerprints to identify potential criminals. The ACLU also expressed concern that the government will use the genetic information collected for other purposes, like determining who can be granted legal status in the U.S. or which public benefits should be granted for certain individuals. Furthermore, activists are concerned that these violations of immigrants' fundamental rights will be expanded to the general population. The Department of Justice is accepting comments on the proposed rule change until November 12th. The Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States has opened a national security review of social media app TikTok's 2017 acquisition by the Chinese company ByteDance. The move comes after Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer and Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton characterized the video platform as a potential counterintelligence threat and asked acting U.S. Director of National Intelligence Joseph McGuire to order an investigation of TikTok. Following the acquisition, TikTok became a global cultural phenomenon. In just the last year, the app has been downloaded over 750 million times. The senators are now worried that TikTok could relinquish user data, including location information and IP addresses, to the Chinese government, and that TikTok is susceptible to foreign influence campaigns. But TikTok has responded by assuring that its data is outside of China's jurisdiction, as its data centers are located in Virginia and Singapore. TikTok has muted concerns raised by other senators, as well as Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, of the censorship post referring to the Hong Kong protests, Taiwanese and Tibetan independence, and other content deemed politically sensitive to the Chinese Communist Party. While TikTok has stated that it, quote, has never been asked by the Chinese government to remove any content, unquote, the U.S. senators have cited news reports that ByteDance censors TikTok content. The app has already been implicated in regulatory trouble earlier this year. It was found in violation of the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, facing the record-high penalty of $5.7 million for allowing children's use of the app without parental consent and illegally collecting children's data. TikTok's data handling practices are of particular concern to American lawmakers against the backdrop of China's sweeping 2017 National Intelligence Law, which empowers authorities to investigate domestic and foreign individuals and bodies to protect Chinese national security. Last week, Law.com reported that a group of plaintiffs' lawyers filed a suit against Facebook in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California. Civil rights and labor groups claim that Facebook is in violation of California's Unruh Civil Rights Act, which specifically outlaws discrimination based on age and gender. At issue are economic opportunity ads on Facebook, which are ads that users can use to improve their economic livelihood. The plaintiffs claim that Facebook's ad platform still prevents economic opportunity ads from reaching certain users based on their age and gender, specifically women and users over the age of 40. Plaintiff lawyer Peter Romer Friedman of Uten and Golden claims that Facebook not only denied its own users equal enjoyment of Facebook itself, but it also, quote, aided and abetted numerous financial services companies in denying Facebook's users the full and equal accommodations, advantages, facilities, and services of those financial services companies, unquote. Facebook said that they are reviewing the complaint and, quote, continue to work on ways to prevent potential misuse, unquote. This lawsuit follows a settlement Facebook reached last March with civil rights and labor groups over the ads allegedly discriminating on the basis of age, gender, and zip code. The issue then was that housing, employment, and credit ads targeted audiences in a discriminatory manner. 
In that settlement, Facebook agreed to make changes to its portal for advertisers, removing the ability for advertisers to target economic opportunity ads based on age, gender, or zip code. The new lawsuit seeks an injunction to prevent Facebook economic opportunity ads from discriminating based on age and gender. As Romer Friedman said, quote, We're not talking about shampoo here. We're talking about things that matter to whether people can have economic opportunity. End quote. Thank you for listening. The BTLJ podcast is brought to you by Alan Holder and the members of the podcast team at the Berkeley Technology Law Journal. Today's episode was written by Joseph Crone and Veronica Bognat. Our producer this week is Joseph Crone. We're committed to bringing you interesting news and conversations involving the intersection of technology and the law. If you enjoyed our podcast, please support us by subscribing and rating us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you found our podcast so we can reach other listeners. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, write us at btljpodcast at gmail.com. The information presented is not legal advice and may not be up to date. This podcast is intended for academic and entertainment purposes only. Don't get legal advice from podcasts. Talk to a lawyer. As Roman Freeman... Wait, is it? It's Roman. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry. It is Roman. He's back. Right?